Our New Testament reading this morning is taken from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, and can be found on page 1094 in your church Bibles. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Could I just say, before we read the gospel, how precious are the words of the hymns we've just sung. I ask you to read them again when you go home. They have already given me a great blessing. Now we come to the word. Well, good morning. Um, If you do keep your Bibles open at, I think it was page 1094, um, we're going to be looking at the first reading we read out, um, the passage in Acts um, this morning. Um, it's great to see you here on our on this, I guess, special Sunday. There's a lot going on. And, um, and again, I'll just add my welcome if you're visiting. It's lovely to have you here. Um, just to introduce myself, if you don't know me, I've, I've been at St. Matthew's around about four or five years. I'm married to Bridget. We've got three kids. And in case you're trying to place the accent, I come originally from a place where the sun never shines. That's a place called Balamina in Northern Ireland, where it rains a lot. Um, but before I start, shall I just pray? Dear God, thank you for this beautiful, um, sun-shining morning, um, and thank you for your word and the riches it has to speak to us. And I pray you would speak through me, that we'd have ears to hear, hearts to listen. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I read the other day that the definition um, of a good sermon, uh, what, what it said, it said that it needs to have a good beginning, okay, it needs to have a good ending, and that they should be as close together as possible. <laughs> Okay, so I'll see what we can do this morning, because as you know, we've got service, we've got coffee, we've got an annual church meeting, then we've lunch together, it's going to be an exciting day. And there are some trees, you may have heard of them in California, and these trees are called redwood trees. And they are the largest living things on earth, and they're the tallest trees in the world. Some are 300 feet tall, that's taller than, do you know the big windmill at Green Park? even taller than that. Some of them are more than two and a half thousand years old. And so you'd think when you hear about those trees, you'd think, right, they must have roots that go down maybe a hundred feet into the ground. But the interesting thing about redwoods are that their roots are actually quite shallow. But what they do have is the roots are interlocked with the redwood trees beside them. So they have this kind of mesh when they stand together with all their roots together. And that allows them to thrive, and that allows them to stand strong when storms come. And so a little bit like redwood trees is God's church, okay? It's one of the largest living things on earth. It's over 2,000 years old, and it's a community of faith with roots in Jesus in the soil, 
but hopefully intertwined with each other so that we can thrive. And as we spend some time today, looking back maybe in a year in the annual meeting and looking ahead, maybe it's worth pausing and thinking about that, about us as a church and about the vision statement we have. The statement says, it says that we want to be a thriving, growing church at the heart of the parish, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and serving the community. And this morning, as we look at this passage in Acts and we hear about the New Testament church, we see four characteristics of what it is to be a thriving church and what it is to be like those redwood trees growing together. So we're in this book of Acts, okay? If you look down, Acts 2, if you open your service sheets or keep your Bibles there. And just a little bit of background um, before we get into it. Right, so Acts is written by Luke. And if you heard me speak before this year, I'm a big fan of Luke. Luke is this guy, very ordered, very factual, likes to keep things nice and um, in a good pattern. And he wrote Acts as well, and this is what we're looking at. And it tells the story of the early church, the church that started in Jerusalem, that then spread to Judea, then to Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. And this is the story in Acts. And just before our bar bit that we're getting to, Luke has just told us how Jesus' disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. He's told us how Peter stood up to a crowd of people, and after that, 3,000 people believed the good news. So it's incredible times. And then our passage falls on to say, right, we've got this, all these believers, then how do they live? How do they worship? How do they do church together? And we're going to see four characteristics, okay, not three this week, four. Um, so firstly, we're going to look at a, a learning church, a characteristic of thriving. We're then going to look at worshiping church, a generous church, and an evangelistic church. But first, let's look at verse 42. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. I just want to look at the first bit. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The first mark of a thriving church is a church that wants to learn and wants to grow and devotes itself um, to teaching. There was an American football coach, Lou Holtz, and he said, I never learn anything talking. I only learn things when I ask questions. And I think sometimes that's true because it's by asking questions, by inquiring, that we actually learn and we try and figure things out. So I love to play games with our uh, kids, okay, especially to make mealtimes more bearable. Um, and one, one I try to is to get them to practice thinking up what I call powerful questions, okay? So, so questions like when guests come around, so be warned if you ever come. And what I'm trying to say is, look, can you ask a question that is more interesting, that's like an open question. So it isn't, did you walk here? Or did you drive here? But it's something that gets them to learn a bit about um, that person of what they think. So it might be, so how does that work? Or what's your top three countries you'd like to visit and why? Something that helps them learn and understand. And I guess for us, we should never give up that questioning and that trying to figure out why and wanting to learn. And that's one of the things I love about Christianity, because in Christianity, there is an absolute truth. There is a truth to be learned, and it encourages us to ask questions and to challenge and say, why God? And the Holy Spirit who came at Pentecost was that spirit of truth. 
And so I don't know what your questions might be this morning. Maybe if you're here for the first time, you're thinking, well, who is God? And why is he relevant? And what is Jesus all about? And what's life all about? And maybe something else you have a question. And and Paz just mentioned the Alpha Course. And sometimes I think the Alpha Course is like the questions course. Because there is no question off the table about Christianity. And you can turn up and ask none, or you can turn up and ask them all. And so it's a great opportunity that I encourage you to think about. But I think for us, we want to be a church that learns. And in the New Testament, they had the direct teaching of the apostles. But for us, we've got the Bible, and we've got this amazing uh, place where we can get answers. And sometimes it's not easy, and we have to work at it. But there are answers there to be found if we want to ask the questions and want to learn. Secondly, then, you see verse 42 continues, okay? So the first bit is about we a church that wants to learn. And then secondly, it said, they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And then if you look down in verse 46, it goes on to say, every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together. So we get this great picture of a church that is worshiping God together. And, you know, today I think we live in a society where individualism is kind of both prized as a great thing, but also feared a little bit as well. Because we want to run our own lives. We want to be independent. We don't want to be dependent on other people. But yet sometimes that individualism means that we sometimes feel not understood by people or we feel a bit isolated or sometimes even lonely. But what we see in a church is that it is to be a community and not individuals, that we do this journey together. And part of it is meeting, and part of it is worshiping and praying and sharing together. Okay, can I give you four facts about Canadian geese? Now you know about redwoods, you're going to learn about Canadian geese. So Canadian geese, if you've ever seen them, um, they fly together in this V-shape, okay? It's very famous as they travel long distances. Four facts, right? Firstly... Scientists estimate that as they fly in this formation, they can go 70% further than if they're flying by themselves. 70% further. Secondly, geese share the hard work at the front of the V. So they take it in turns and rotate as they fly. Thirdly, geese honk a lot as they go along, okay? At each other to encourage, and I don't know what else they're telling each other. And fourthly, they'll help each other if someone drops back. So someone gets injured or gets hit by something, often two or three geese will drop out of the V formation to help them get back in again. Four things about geese, right? So I'm not, this morning, calling you a lot of old geese, right? But but there is a little bit of parallel that we can think about. Do you know, firstly, when we work together, we can do more. I don't know what it is, 50%, 60%, 70% more? Secondly, we need to share the hard work um, and so not leave it to just a few people. Thirdly, we need to spend time encouraging and talking. You don't have to honk at each other, but you get the picture, right? Encouraging each other. And and fourthly, when people drop back or they do struggle, we need to be able to help them, pick them up and bring them back on board again. And the church in Acts that we saw did this all the time. They didn't do it alone. And, And the interesting thing was they met together both formally temple courts, and informally people's homes, 
which is a really nice way of getting both. And last week, if you're here, Louisa talked about home groups, which are a great way of us meeting informally, of journeying together. And they meet uh, on Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, and Thursdays, whichever night that suits. And I really encourage you to think about finding one that you can feel at home in so that you can do this journey together. So a thriving church, secondly, it worships together in fellowship, in community, in prayer. Thirdly then, if you look down at verse 45, it says, uh, and 44 leading in, all the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Uh Uh-oh, well, that's not very easy, is it? Okay, what am I going to say next? Um, First, I would say that if you're a visitor and visiting this morning, the next bit isn't necessarily for you, okay? This is mainly for those of us who have committed ourselves to St. Matthew's as a church. But let's have a look at verse 45. They sold possessions and property. I mean, do we, does that really mean that we should sell up? Does it mean we should, like, you know, get rid of our houses, get rid of everything we have, and then pull it all together? So I think without doubt there are some uh, people, and there's some circumstances where that selling possession in a wholesale way uh, is a calling. So Mother Teresa or uh, Francis of Assisi um, it might be for some of us, but I think it isn't necessarily for everybody. It's not where it was meant. Because if you look down at verse 46, it then goes on to say, and in other places in Acts and the New Testament, that they were still breaking bread in people's homes. So clearly not everybody had sold their house. But whilst I catch you in the middle of that sigh of relief, as you can go back to your house this afternoon, there is kind of a challenge, which is how much do we value what we have and our possessions? And how generous would we be with them when we see need? And do we trust God? Trust God enough to say, you know what? If I give what I think is going to be painful, you will look after me because I have my security in you. Last week, Pads talked about... um, how we look at what God has given. And there, he showed a, it was a really good video that J. John did um, about, uh, about this whole thing. If you, if you haven't watched it, I'd encourage you to. Just, YouTube, or just Google J. John Donuts, okay? And you'll find it, honestly. Um, but he said that the money we have that we've been given is like a bag of donuts. And let's assume we're all given 10. And some We'll, we'll have like large donuts and some will have small donuts. So, you know, it varies. But, and this is the key bit, that bag of donuts that we're given, it's all God's. He's given it to us and we're looking after it for a bit. And God asks us as a guide that we should give one of those donuts back to the church. It's his anyway, but he just says, the church is the way in which I've chosen to spread the good news and work with my people. Give one back to the church. So you're thinking maybe the church really give money to the church? So can I just, you know much I like data, give you a little bit of insight into what that looks like, I guess, at St. Matthew's. So St. Matthew's is self-supporting. We together kind of support St. Matthew's and what it uh, does in that mission statement. And as a church next year, our budget is, we hope to spend, or we think we'll spend, around £126,000. Okay. And and just to give you a feel for that, about half of that is about mission, uh, both locally um, and to children and young people, which we we actively want to encourage and do more of. That's about half of that. That's what we're doing with it, mission. 
And then there's a bit we'll pay to the Church of England. Um, and that, in turn, we obviously get pads, um, salary, and the vicarage, and, and some other things. But that's part we pay. And then there's a bit that we pay to keep the lights on and maintenance and fixing things when things are broken. So 126,000, right? So let's do a bit of postage stamp maths, right? If we have about 100 adults, okay, 126,000, that means about £100 per adult per month. Now, just to be clear, right, there is, you know, clearly some people could not possibly give anything like that, and that is absolutely fine. And no one's checking at how much we give, actually, individually. No one is. And, and as St. Matthews, we really do pride ourselves in saying everybody's welcome, and especially people to come as they are and where they are. But some people could give that much, and maybe give a little bit more. And that's what the New Testament church gave. They gave as they saw the need, and they gave generously. And that's the mark of a thriving church, a church that gives generously um, from what they have. And God is doing great things at St. Matthew's and has exciting plans for 2016. And I know that some of you already give very much, both of your time and your money and many other ways, and thank you very much for that. But maybe there is a challenge for us to give that one donut out of the ten that you've been given by God. Or maybe for those who already do that, to give two or three to other needs that you see in this needy world. And sometimes that might be tricky, and we might be stepping out of our comfort zone in doing so. But in doing that, we'll be stepping out of our comfort zone and putting our trust in God. And where better to put it? So that's the third mark, thriving church. One that's generous, giving back to God out of what he has given to us. So lastly then, an evangelistic church. And this is a short, much shorter one. If we look at verse 47, it says, Praising God, enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So the church was well known in the community. It was out there and people... Uh, knew about it. And what were they doing? They were praising God and telling the good news. They were looking out and sharing that which they'd been told. And there's two things I want to just add to this which are interesting. Firstly, if you look down at the verse again, so who is it that's adding people? Do you know, is it the apostles? Is it the leaders? Maybe is it the believers? Can you see who is it? It's none of those. It's the Lord So as we praise God, as we invite people to Alpha, as we share the good news, the responsibility isn't on us as to how people will respond. The responsibility is God's, which is great. And secondly, and if you think about the gospel passage was read, which I won't go through it now, but it's a message of the gospel of grace that we don't make it. It's not how hard we work that dictates whether we will and be saved or not. It's not to do with our hard work. And so this morning, hopefully, you know, we've all been, including myself as I prepared, challenged on lots of things that we thought about. But it isn't a guilt trip, and it's not a threat that your salvation is dependent on it. The great news is we're saved by grace, not by works. And it's because Jesus saved us that we'll want to respond to these challenges, not in order for him to save us, that we'll want to respond, which is really encouraging and really good news. 
So just to wrap up, as we look at our vision at St. Matthew's, we want to be this thriving, growing church. We want to be at the heart of the parish, and we want to share good news to Jesus, of Jesus Christ serving the community. And we see from this church in Acts, this new church of believers, four marks of a thriving church. And for that, right, to help you, I've got four pieces of paper, okay? So firstly, a learning church, right? So let's, let's ask questions, challenge, especially if you're here maybe for the first time. Do you know, Alpha, piece of paper, which you'll get it in the way out, is a great place. You can see a big question mark to ask questions in a really relaxed, informal way. Um, so let's be a learning church. Let's ask questions. Okay. Secondly, a worshipping church. So let's keep meeting together. And also out there, which Louisa said last week, um, home groups. Do you know? If you're not in a home group, give it a go. It's a great way to come together in an informal way, to pray, to worship, to get our roots entwined with each other. And that's outside, or you can contact Louisa. Thirdly then, a generous church. Let's be generous. Let's support God's mission and the exciting things he's planned. And can you give, maybe, can you give more? Has God been good to you? And maybe this is a chance to review that. And also out there, they're saying resourcing the mission. And there's a little uh, commitment and a few other things here. And the, and the great thing is that if you do pay tax, then we can get Her Majesty's government to give to St. Matthew's as well by filling in a gift aid form. How cool is that? And then lastly, uh, let's be an evangelistic talk. And for that, I doubled up, okay? So it's, so it's this as well. Do you know, we've got good news for everyone that we meet, uh, a good news to be sharing. So let's look ahead. I'm, I know we're well into 2016, but let's look at the, the year that's to come. Uh, and let's look at that, and let's be a church with our roots entwined together. And let's see what exciting things God has to do through us in the year to come. Amen.